Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Radio 929 the game, 929thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg on this Father's Day, Sunday morning, June 18th. Good morning, Georgia. Morning. And a good morning and happy Father's Day to you folks in North Decatur. North Decatur. And North Decatur. All right now. Happy Father's well, Day. I got lost at yes a couple days ago. <laughs> yeah, you were like, what am I, I doing? I got introduced and, to the... Uh, you follow East Ponce and you... you know, yeah, and keep, I, I, I East Ponce and then North Decatur Road and Scott, all yeah, of that, man. Go, right, commerce, right. I got turned off on commerce and <laughs> uh, next thing you know, I'm, I'm registering at Agnes Scott College. <laughs> <laughs> Take some classes over there. Anyway, we yeah. have, uh, we're halfway through this show here on this Father's Day and a lot of stuff has happened during this show. Yeah. Some we will share with you, some not, but it, it's been... Hopefully you've had a wonderful morning on this Father's Day, too. Talk to Terrell, his dad. He's waiting for see what them kids do for him. But he did his last night. Yeah. He stayed. Once you get past midnight and you were dead, it's Father's Day. There you but go. But I'm not sitting in a drive through for 45 minutes trying yeah, to appease the kids. Isn't that something? I don't care where it is. Yeah, I, he's trying to do that. After about 30 minutes, I go, okay, I'd have got my food at a Waffle House by now. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going there. Anyway, uh, we've been talking about this throughout the show, and um, we want to give you guys and let you hear, if you didn't hear it when it first happened or last year when we played it, Last Father's Day, what we believe, as you said this earlier, Sam, the gold standard as far as Father's Day messages. And we got it from a guy who obviously we all know here and, and, and knew his dad, listened to his dad for years, calling those Braves games, Ernie Johnson. Mm-hmm. But um, this guy who, from coast to coast, wherever you hear Ernie, who he is is beyond reproach. So when you hear things that come out of some people that are supposed to be authentic, eh, like me, you, you know, you turn your lip up. But when they come out of Ernie Johnson, you can feel the gravity of it. So, I don't know, is that about the best way to set this thing up? I think so. All right, well, then I guess I will shut up and present to you on this Father's Day morning a Father's Day message from Ernie Johnson, Jr. Hey, this is Ernie Johnson with Inside the NBA. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Um, look, on this day, I can't help but think about my late father, Ernie Johnson Sr., who uh, taught me everything about being a man and a husband and a father and uh, a professional. And um, I think if there's one thing I've learned over nearly 40 years of being a dad, it's this. Kids have superpowers. They see and hear everything. They see how you react when you're stuck in traffic or you've had a tough day at the office. Um, They watch your every move 
at home, how you treat everybody in the family, how you treat neighbors, um, everything. Um, so look, this isn't an easy job, um, and we all make mistakes. Um, but here's to being intentional uh, about making time for those that you love the most, uh, even when that time is short, even when you're caught between demands of work and the demands of being a dad. Uh, it's not an easy job. But I wish you the best. Um, and I would say this. Hey, this day is about us, guys. So let's enjoy it. And then let's get back to work being the best dads we can. See ya. Listen, let's just box that thing up and send it to the, the Hall of Fame. How about that? The, the Radio Hall of Fame or Broadcasting Hall of Fame. Yeah, from inside the NBA. Um, you know, Ernie Johnson. By the way, did you shoot him a text and tell him we were going to play that this morning? So he's not driving down the road, right? <laughs> you didn't even call him, did you? See, you supposed to let the man know. There's folks driving down, probably Johnson fan. Hey, you're on the radio right now. He thought his season ended when you know Nuggets won. Yeah, when everybody went fishing. Yeah, but well, apparently not. But I, I don't know a person that did not um, what, that I've run into that heard that that didn't stop and say, "Hey, man, we're so happy you played that on Father's Day," and and again, you know. It's rare that we know, we meaning, you know, people who live here in the city or people in our business that can connect with father and son. Yeah. Now, I don't know Joe Buck. I didn't listen to Jack Buck, who, by the way, today was the day we lost Jack Buck in 2002. But it's, we had an idea or we thought we knew Ernie Johnson Sr., those who were around it heard him when he called the Braves games. And of course, we've listened to Ernie. So this one, this one hits a little bit differently because yeah. the kind of people in Atlanta have experienced father and son. And I don't know about Ernie, early Ernie Johnson Sr. when he played with the Milwaukee Braves, mm-hmm. and then when he started calling Braves games with Skip Carey. I don't, I, I don't remember hearing any of his personality. He was just a straight broadcaster. That yeah. once in a while you'd hear he tell a story about his son. You know, he'd say something about Ernie. You know, but, you know what Ernie Johnson Sr. was famous for, and he was with the Braves when they arrived here with Milo Hamilton, who was doing play-by-play call uh, with Ernie at the time. Ernie, to me, would be at his best when you had a rain delay. Okay. Because now a rain delay, they go back and show an old game. Rain delay, somebody would get Ernie a baseball, and he would show you the grips for every pitch. Oh, that's right, pitcher. Yeah. What did he call him, the old right-hander? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) and and he would would get that baseball. I mean, he would talk for the longest time. Just explaining how you grip this one. It was a palm ball, fork ball, knuckle ball. <laughs> really? I believe you. Circle I chain. believe you. He would take a baseball, man, and just tell. Have a class. Hey, really? And tell what pitcher around the league is throwing this pitch and the best one throwing did he, the pitch. Did he ever fit like Mickey Mantle throwing, I throw this pitch to this guy? Did he do things I like that? I don't know if he'd do that, but he just talked about who, what, what other pitchers mastered that particular pitch. And he was especially with, with, with us having a knuckleball pitcher. You know, the that's team right, yeah. and Phil Necro, he would show he would show that. So I mean, that's that's the thing I remember about. And I always tell anybody, anybody flip you a baseball, can you can you do like <laughs> your dad did? Because that's what that's what Ernie Senior would do in those rain delays, man. The Braves broadcast back. Uh, again, Sam and Greg, uh, Sports Radio ninety two nine The Game ninety two nine The Game dot com on this uh, Father's Day. Hey Max, I want to bring you in here real quick because Sam and I connect with that on a different level. But you know, you aren't far removed. From as you as you talked earlier about going to the movies with your father, you're not far removed from sitting in the back seat um, while the parent was driving, and Ernie talking about the kids see everything. Do you remember 
Do you have memories of things that, you know, you sort of put in your own little vault that you watched with your parents or your father in this case? Yeah, that, absolutely. Now that you're an adult, you went, oh, okay, now I get it. Yeah, yeah for one, how my dad drives, that's for one. I definitely <laughs> I learned that. I'm like, that's not normal. <laughs> but, no, um, I learned that. But then also... It's very interesting. So I've always expressed my love for my best friend Rob and and his family. Uh, his father also taught me a lot. And so being open minded to okay, I really like how my dad does this, and then his father would teach me certain things. And um, just like okay, being observant on things that are working, things that I want to instill in myself one day. So when I am a father, I can do. And I grew up with two loving parents but obviously it had some chaotic moments and so I'm like there's certain things I'm like okay this is where I don't want to be and then there's things yeah. that I really do enjoy and like I shared with you earlier things that my dad would always do or the old music that sometimes I do know is thanks to to my parents because right. he would play Sting a lot he'd play Billy Joel a lot or he would play uh, The Police and so or Elton John and yeah. so now I'm like okay but a lot of my friends may not actually know that I'm like yeah that, that was my dad he used to take me to basketball practice I'd have to listen to his music until I was able to actually <laughs> you, you, get you headphones know, you know what I'm hearing from you is a, a village and yes. a lot of people yeah. think the village means a geographic location but sometimes that village is just the people who are around you that allow you to observe look over their shoulder and provide you an example and you talking about what I think what you're yeah. saying is you had this village that's collective to, right to you know this I mean? day to yeah. this day like I still and I always ask every father and now some of my friends are fathers I would always ask them hey what's the biggest challenge or what's your favorite thing so hopefully I could just be a sponge and put together all the things that works and hopefully I could do a good job one day um, but also one thing that I always noticed that my dad does very well he could be so mad at me or he could be so like grumpy in the moment as soon as he gets out of the car and he goes in public he always puts on like a great I don't know if professional is the right word, but he always just greeted people with respect and kindness. Okay. I'm like, he was just so mad at me. I'm like, how, why is he so nice to this guy? He, you know so. what? That sounds like a trait I have. It drives some people crazy and, and others not. I can compartmentalize. Okay. Easily. Yeah, yeah he does a good job at that. And, and some people just can't. Like, Tracy, she can't do that. She, she's mad at you. She gonna, it, it, it's like a ship. That yep. Some people can stop their boat immediately. Some need about six miles like a tanker to, to calm yeah, down. Yeah, the slot, the slot, from, right. from things like that. Um, again, is there one thing that you do that you notice when you're doing it? It's like, oh, man, I picked that up from my father. Some trait, some movement, some phrase, something. Because we all do it. We all have it. And it's not until like somebody else acknowledges it. Hey, your father used to say it all the time. You go, Holy crap, I'm saying the same thing my dad. You know, you realize that you have unconsciously brought that into your vocabulary or, or the way you walk, the way it's you definitely do the way I walk. He's a pacer, and because he, he's from New York, everything's got to go, got to be quick, got to have a plan. Where are we going? What time are we going? When is it got to be there? And that's how he always was. And he's very God. I don't want to just point out the bad things, but I remember he just was always <laughs> like he just always interrupt. My God, just gotta let me finish. So every once in a while, now I remember if I would get into like some type of not argument, but maybe just a disagreement, I was so quick to tell you my side instead of absorbing what you're telling me. Like right. I was just waiting for you to be done so I can talk rather than listening to what you're saying. And so that's one thing I learned. But pacing, he is a pacer. And if he's on the phone, for some reason, he can't multitask. Really? I'm like, I'm right in front of you. I'm like, just, just yes or no. That's all I need. It just, I'm on the phone. I'm like, you said more words than yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> one of the, I don't know if I've said this when you, since you've been working with us, Max, but one of the things I just kind of have fun with is when we talk about being fathers – I say Sam and I 
father with one hand tied behind our back, meaning stepfathers. Now, it's a little bit different if the, you know, the, the blood parent is still around. And, and, and by the way, stepmothers too. It's a little different if the, that the, the parent is still around, the, blood, the blood, blood relative of the kids is still around. But if they're not, being that step-parent is, is different. I have a step-father. So I, from my perspective, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. So Tyler McKenna's father was still around. So when I got with Tracy and we got together and, and, and I found myself in that position of fathering them from time to time. But from day one, I always acknowledged, I ain't your daddy. And I'm not trying to be. And I never came at them like a parent other than, you know, giving parent advice, parental advice and things. But mm-hmm. I never, like, came down on them that way. Because I knew their old man was five miles away. And regardless of what that relationship was like, ain't my problem. Yeah. Hey, your daddy's over there. Okay, yeah. go see him. Yeah. But I still did have to do some things. So one of the things that I picked up and I started instituting when they were, I call them squirts, when they were, <laughs> when they were really young, was when I did have a beef with them, see, their mother, she, 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 you know, she straightened them out right wherever they were. I'm not saying in public, but wherever we were in the house, she disciplined them. And mothers can do that, right? I was never about screaming at somebody or giving somebody some discipline openly or in front of your brother or in front of your sister or even in front of your mother, okay? So what I did was I came up with this. When I had a problem with them, I go, come here, and we go to their room. And I tell them what my problem was with them. And then I did, the first time I did this, they just looked at me like I was an alien. But I said, now tell me what your problem is with me. Well, what? I go, no, I, I have this problem with you. You just did that. Am I being fair? Or do you see, give me your side of it. And the first time I did it, they didn't really know what to say. But then as they got older, they then started telling me. So we had this exchange. I always won. But I'm still. I gave them a chance because they they broke a rule. No, no, yeah. hang on a second. Okay. If they if you break a rule, you break a rule. Always one. Hang on a second. If you break a rule, he's undefeated. If you break a rule, you break a rule. But I want to know why you broke the rule and why you felt like it was cool to break the rule. Right, so I right, gave right. them a chance instead of just coming down with a heavy hand and saying you did this, go stand over there in the corner, like their mother would do, or give some kind of discipline and not want to hear what they had to say. I had to come up with something where I was sort of. Little by little, gaining their respect and letting them know, okay, we can tell Greg, you know, what our problem is with him or what the rule is, mm. okay, where their father or mother wouldn't. And I'm not saying that helped all the time, but it opened a line of communication where I wasn't that step parent. They couldn't come and say, well, you did this and you and mom did that. I say, well, okay, there's reasons for that, but I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, that. I feel like that's That's one of the things that I did. Right. And it just helped me. I'm not saying everybody's going to have success with that. Sam's got his stories of being a a stepdad, but that was one of the things that kind of helped me what happened here. Um, How much time we got? We could go on break, and you want to come back with your story? Um, We got to come back. No, we got to guess. guess. We We got to guess. guess, Uh, Just uh, just really quick. During the break, at the end of the 7 o'clock hour, I called the facility where my father is and and had the nurse. um, I told her, I know you're getting ready to get my father up and take him to breakfast. Will you give him a kiss on the head, tell him I love him, and happy Father's Day? You know, it may go in one ear and out the other and maybe not be retained, but whatever. So then she called me back while we were talking to Terrell, and that's why I left the interview. Because when I get a call from that place, and she hadn't seen him yet, so all things are running through my mind, right? Why is she calling me right back? Oh, my goodness. So that's when I told Sam, talk to Terrell. I went out, found out it was something good. She actually went 
and put the phone by him. She got him up, and she had, was taking him to breakfast and called me back so I could say it to him. Happy Father's Day. Now, A, his hearing isn't the best. B, he's the age he is. And he's in this, he's now moved to um, a different part of the facility he's in. But he's not, you know, still communicating all that stuff. But the point is, she put him on the phone. And that was the end of me. And Sam was listening to this while I was trying to, hey, how you doing? Hey, man. Happy. I, one of the things that when I would call my father, I would start off the call with, hey, man, you know, like yeah, Dukes and Bell. Like- all right. They, they do that. But I did that with my father. Been doing it for 25 years. And then he would say back, hey, man, you know, it was like we were friends <laughs> yeah, because right, we right, were buddies, right. right? That's awesome. And so I started off by, hey, man, and I didn't hear anything. And I did it a couple more times. And, and, and then, I, you know, just started. What you want to do when you have, you know, somebody in that situation, you just want to keep talking. Yeah. Instead of wait, you don't ask them any questions. You yeah. just start talking and like double Dutch, they'll jump in. And so I said a few things to him, you know, let, you know, I love you, and Father's Day, and are you going to breakfast? And and then he started talking, and, sa- and that was the first time you heard his voice. Yeah, yeah, you heard him respond to you. That was oh, that was the, that was the end of me. And, that's and I incredible. appreciate. I wanted to say publicly to you because you were like a kickstand man, standing behind <laughs> me because I was not standing up there. Yeah, I, oh. No, that's beautiful. That's, that's beautiful. awesome. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's so what the day does. She know? was she was taking him, you know, he was going to breakfast and she talked about how she saw him last night at dinner time and everything was cool. And and I'm gonna be honest with you, I got an unpleasant call, you know, not long ago where he had fallen, you know. Right, but the crazy right, part right. about it was it was one of those things where I was just trying to change clothes and I, I lost my balance. <laughs> and and so, hey, you man. know, he was okay. That happens to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, it was an unexpected rush of emotions for me on this uh, on, on this, this Father's, Father's Day. Day. Yeah. yeah, so I'll let you take it from here. Yes, we're doing Bring us out, man. Okay, well, we got know, coming up. We got a special guest coming yes, up. We do yes, another we do. walk on music. Another guest. guy with walk on music, but a guy I'm sure who's going to have some Father's Day stories because I think about fathers and sons in NASCAR, right? And that's what's coming up next. Adam Alexander is going to join us next on this Father's Day. It's Sam and Greg and Max on the other side of the glass. I hear. Nine floors up in the Kia studios on this Father's Day Sunday morning. Sports Radio 929 The Game at 929TheGame.com. We're available everywhere on Odyssey. How do you like me now? How do you like me now? Now that I'm on my way, you still think I'm crazy. Standing here today, I couldn't make you love me, but I always dreamed about living in your room. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. Sam and Greg on this 18th day of June, Sunday morning. It is Father's Day. Yeah, it is. And so happy Father's Day yeah. to everyone out there. I have to repeat a story that we said early in the show as we bring our guests on. Tracy and I were having uh, dinner the other night and sitting outside the patio, and they had TVs going, they had music blaring, and that song came on. I looked at it and I went, hey, that's Adam Alexander's song. And she looked at me like I owed her money. <laughs> like what? Huh? Uh, like no, he, that's his. Song. I'm out now identifying songs <laughs> to guests that we have on our show. Yeah. And so, Adam, I want you to know that we thought of you fondly the other night while we were out having dinner. Good morning and happy Father's Day to you, buddy. Good morning, Tracy. Looked at you and said, "Who is Adam Alexander?" <laughs> <laughs> she, she's heard your name quite often on the show, but she wanted why I'm bringing that up over Mexican food. <laughs> hey, my. 
My favorite song, my favorite food. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Can, before we get to NASCAR, I mean, to uh, the races and NASCAR as, as a sport, listen, uh, give us a Father's Day story, whether it's you and your father or you and your kids doing something to you that, that stayed with you. You know, that that's a good one, and, and I've been fortunate because, you know, my parents had me when they were young, so my dad's still a pretty young guy for me to be the age that, that I am. And, and with that, you know, I had both of my grandfathers in my life until 18 months ago. I, I lost my first grandfather, um, you know, January of 2022. So I've been very fortunate to have tremendous influence. I, I have great memories of my great-grandfather when I was a, a kid. And, uh, and, that, and that would be it for me. So I'm going to tell a story about my great-grandfather. And, and a fond memory is that he had 12 children. So, so my Ooh. grandfather on my mother's side was one of 12 kids. And we lived in a small community, Hanover, Indiana. And every year at Christmas, the night of Christmas, our family had the local community center where we hosted our Christmas party, the entire family. And my great-grandfather would be there and so you can you can just imagine in a small town you know 12 kids with their kids and their kids and so here i am a great grandchild running around with all of my you know third cousins or whatever that would be and there were people playing pool and there were people playing ping pong and there were people playing cards and and watching tv and doing all the deal and and my great-grandfather would walk around and personally greet everyone, his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, and he had an envelope for each one of us with some cash in it. And depending on where you fit into the family and what generation you are, you got a different amount of money. But he would come around and personally greet each one of us and give us some money. And so I, I think about the leadership that he provided as a, a father, a grandfather, a great-grandfather for generations, and, and here I am at 50 years old, and that's the memory that comes to mind of, of someone that had tremendous influence. And I could go on and on with stories of my own grandfathers and my dad, and, you know, gosh, I've had so many great memories as a dad myself, but uh, that that's one that really sticks out as leadership and something that was really impactful for me and, and the history of my family. Folks, that's folks, wonderful. how about that? Yeah. How about that, folks? Spend the time on the waitforit.com hotline this morning on this Father's Day morning. With a great dad, uh, Adam Alexander, and he is social. You can find him on Twitter at Adam One Alexander at Adam One Alexander. Adam, there's there's no race today, and I figured I'd ask you because although you don't have anything to do with the scheduling, we raced on Mother's Day, but there's no race on Father's Day. There are a lot of dads this morning going to get up. They may go to Sunday service, then then they go get a little bite to eat with their family. They'd love to sit down and see a race today, but there's no race today. It's crazy, isn't it? And really, you know, this is a, a little bit of an odd circumstance in the schedule, and, and I think the Father's Day portion of that is coincidental. So th- this makes up the split of the Fox and the NBC schedule when you look at where the TV networks fall on the calendar for NASCAR. And, you know, a number of years ago when the U.S. Open was on Fox, this was a good time to have the split because – Fox didn't have to, you know, deal with getting TV windows for both the NASCAR race and what was their final race and also the U.S. Open. And so it has just served as a good midway break for the teams 
It's a good way to divide up the TV schedule, and it just coincidentally falls on Father's Day because of the way the dates hit and where that break falls. It really has nothing to do with the fact that it's Father's Day and it's an off day for NASCAR. But you're right, forever, and, and I think we talked about this when we were racing a few weeks ago at Darlington about how sacred Mother's Day always was, and you'd never raced on, on Mother's Day and how that tradition has changed in the last handful of years. And now to not be racing on Father's Day, um, you know, is just an odd coincidence because you know, obviously there are a lot of dads who today would love to, to get up, do their thing, and then this afternoon get to watch a NASCAR race. You know, and we find ourselves in a weird situation right now where you have a guy who was one of the all-time greats when he had his other job in the NFL talking about Joe Gibbs, and he has landed in NASCAR and got himself another Hall of Fame career. I say this on the heels of Michael Jordan selling his majority stake with the, with the, uh, with the Hornets, but yet having a team in NASCAR. I don't know that he's going to have the same success as Joe Gibbs, you know, when you look down the road. But how do you, how do you describe Michael Jordan as a NASCAR owner at this point? What an amazing start. And I'll go back to Daytona 2021. They're just starting this thing. They're a single-car operation. It's going to be Bubba Wallace driving the 23. And Michael Strahan sat down at Daytona with Michael uh, and Denny and Bubba, Denny Hamlin, who's, who's obviously a co-owner with Michael Jordan. And he asked Michael, you know, what's your goal? And Michael said, I want to win. And that's, that's what we're in this for. And we've all seen these new NASCAR teams come and, and go. And I never really thought that the ownership thing was going to be short-lived for Michael Jordan because he doesn't do things that way. But I did feel like the growing pains would be real. And I knew that you don't just come into NASCAR and win. And then October 2021, Bubba Wallace wins. And I'm like, wow, they, they did it. And then they go to a two-car team, and Kurt Busch wins in the spring of last year at Kansas. And then Bubba wins in the fall. And now here they are in year three, and they're very competitive. Tyler Reddick has a win. Bubba Wallace has a playoff spot as of now when you look at the points. And so – what Michael Jordan is doing as an owner has far exceeded my expectations. I'm not saying they weren't capable of doing the things that they're doing, but to do it in the time that they've done it in is truly remarkable to me. And, and it comes at a time when I think the cards that are on the table for new teams are, are better than what they used to be. You know, uh, you, you look at what Trackhouse is doing, with Justin Marks and, you know, Pitbull, that they've been competitive and they're winning races too. And, and so, you know, I think we're at a different time right now in NASCAR that opens the door for new owners to come in and have success. But having said that, even putting that asterisk on it with the next gen car, um, which is when they came into the sport, I, I got to tell you, uh, it's been very, very impressive to watch the foundation they've laid and the growth they've gone through. Both spending time on the waitfor.com outline with Adam Alexander. Um, FS1, and, you, and you're still going to be busy because you're going to be in studio every Sunday, right? Are you still going to be in studio every Sunday? Indeed, yeah. We, we start race day uh, next week, and I, I shouldn't say we start it. We continue. And we, we've been doing race day every week, but up until now, it's a true pre-race show because we've got race coverage on Fox. NBC takes over 
the broadcast next Sunday at Nashville. Fox will have no role in the actual live broadcast, but we continue on FS1 to do our race day show. So I'll be a part of that every week between now and the end of the season. I'll continue to do race up during the week. And then I'm going to do a handful of our Craftsman Truck Series races. I've been helping with that this year, and I'll do some of those as we go throughout the balance of uh, 2023. So still got a handful of things on the plate as we go throughout the rest of the year. All right. We got a second race coming up in Atlanta here in just a few weeks. Folks down here, we're a little concerned, man. Number nine, it hasn't gotten that win yet, you know, and Chase, for various reasons, has had to spend time out of that car. What are your thoughts that we get to the second half? They're really under some pressure. They are, and I feel like right now, Sam, with 10 races to go, they're in a must-win situation. I, I really felt like when they came back after his, you know, original time away when he missed those six races with the injury, that they could still point their way in. And then he had to run in with Denny Hamlin on the Coke 600, got suspended the race at St. Louis. And, you know, I feel like that and, and Alex Bowman coming back and where he is in the points. And just when you look at, at the overall situation, it's probably going to be uh, a must win for Chase Elliott if he's going to qualify for the playoffs. You know, having said that, they, they ran pretty good at Sonoma. He was top five there, which was good. They haven't had winning speed really much this year. There have been a few races where you would have them in the conversation, but not a lot. So they they do have their work cut out for them. I will say, though, when you look at the tracks where we are going, they're going to have a real chance to get it done. And, and you know, look at the next few weeks on on the schedule. I mean, you got uh, in Nashville where he won last year. you got Watkins Glen on the schedule later this summer. you got the road course in Chicago. He's a great road racer. Um, you know, Atlanta, obviously he's won at Atlanta. So there are some tracks coming up where you feel like you can get it done. Pocono, you know, he won that race last year, but actually, you know, he didn't get the trophy on race day. That's when Denny was disqualified and, and all of that. So uh, I, I feel like there are some opportunities on the horizon for the nine team to win, but they probably are going to have to win if he's going to make it into the playoffs. Hey, Adam. I'm sorry. Hey, Adam, what did you think of the news if you hadn't heard it about uh... – the Jacksonville Jaguars, they got to renovate that stadium. And one of the uh, places that have stepped up to offer to <laughs> house them is Daytona 500, man. Daytona, the Daytona Speedway. Uh, what are your thoughts? About, uh, listen, and we've seen what the Coliseum did, you know, reconfiguring yeah. things. And then Bristol. How, and how do you think this will work, man? I'm rooting for it. And I feel like this is something we're going to see more of. And that is these, you know, racetracks becoming multi-purpose sporting venues. And, and we know they do concerts. And, you know, I, I feel like Charlotte Motor Speedway has got events there like 300 days a year. Now, that's, that's not all on the racetrack, right? That, that might be utilizing their facility for other things, whether it's meetings or conferences or, or whatever. But I'm an enormous fan of playing football, soccer. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this, uh, Hubert Davis did I think he, he waved the green flag last year for the Roval uh, at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And he said to Marcus Smith, I, Marcus Smith, uh, you know, the chairman and, and owner of Speedway Motorsports, and that includes Charlotte, he told Marcus Smith, I want to play a basketball game here. I mean, he was so into the electricity. Can you imagine putting a basketball court on the infield at Charlotte Motor Speedway and wow. playing a game there? But they do it on an aircraft, you know, a carrier. So, I, you know, it seems possible uh, to do it anywhere, and so that would be cool. But football at Daytona, and not just football, but the National Football League hosting Jacksonville while their stadium is renovated would be unbelievable. I'm rooting for it. 
And I also can't wait to see when they get that stadium done because the renderings look spectacular. Yeah, yeah. I, I want them soon to bring the Winter Classic there. Yep. I know they can't do it, but I'd love to see that. The Winter <laughs> Classic in hockey in Daytona. Yep. Now, there you go. How Matt- about that? Now, there you go. That's an idea. <laughs> that Max, is an idea. Our producer wants to jump in here real quick since we're talking about his area of the country. Oh, I mean, just, yeah, because I drove by there every single day. That it's just I'm sure you guys have seen it. It's just massive. And so I have some friends and um, some managers of some retail stores call me like, hey, we're about to start getting some Jag stuff soon because if this happens, it changes the dynamic of the town. And so people are rooting for it big time. We don't know when the decision is going to be made, do we, Adam? You haven't heard anything? I haven't heard I anything, not. Sam. You guys I heard know. Anything? I have not, and I heard that Orlando is under consideration too, and then also Gainesville where, you know, obviously would use the, the Gators home stadium. So that that's, you know, my understanding is those venues uh, are also under consideration. But, you know, you think about the opportunity to market your franchise, and that's a great point made is if you can branch out and go to a different city and – just the headlines that have already been created because yeah. the conversations are out there. I think it makes a statement on what it would be like if they were able to play there. So it, it would be awesome. And, you know, they do Supercross there. If, if you haven't seen it, you know, Google it, YouTube it. They race Supercross in the on the infield in a trioval at Daytona. So it, it's very feasible. I would just love to see – where do they add seats? They put seats there on the front straightaway, and then seats along pit road. And you know how how would they set it up? I'm I'm intrigued beyond um, you know imagination on what they would uh, be able to do if they could create a football stadium at Daytona. And we actually tried it here in Charlotte. We wanted to play a, a football classic here, a high school football classic here in Charlotte at the racetrack with some local schools. Unfortunately, the turf that they have put down, and it's truly turf here. It's not grass. It's it's artificial turf on the infield at Charlotte. It's just not conducive to play football on. Uh, but I know these owners are really thinking out of the box on ways they can utilize their facility, and it would be great for NASCAR and Daytona to get to be a part of what Jacksonville's got going on. I think it would be cool to do a high school event with, with high school teams from the cities where the other tracks are. Mm-hmm. And have them come in and play. I think that would be like a, a hoot to have that happen. So I don't know, Adam. We we gonna if you didn't get get to do it in Charlotte, we may do it down here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. We, that. we thank you for joining us this morning. When I think of sports and fathers and sons, NASCAR is right up at the top because that happens so much Absolutely. in the sport, and you have a chance to witness it. And uh, my goodness, I don't I don't know if there's a father and son before we go that, that you can think of on the track that that top all the others. I mean, they all have tremendous stories. Well, I would say, you know, when you think about the father-son connection, uh, there there are many, and, and there are so many, you know, dads that I see at the racetrack that race that now support their kid. Uh, but I, I'll tell you, a great father-son relationship, and it's from right there in the Atlanta area, and that's the Sieg family. You know, Ryan Sieg has been racing the Xfinity Series forever, and his dad, Rod, uh, is is just one of the great personalities. And that team won for the first time, in Sonoma, the 28 car with Eric Almirola and, and the Sieg family uh, owns that. But Rod Sieg's a neat guy. And, and then, you know, also, I mean, you know, Chase and Bill Elliott. Bill's still at the track and sometimes would serve as a spotter for Chase at the road courses when they need an extra spotter. So, so many wonderful father-son combinations. And, and beyond that, just the, the race fans. And, and you said it. I mean, when you think of NASCAR, you do think of family and uh, it's it's rare to go to the racetrack and, and not see those memories being made by, by dads and, and their kids 
which is what it's all about. Absolutely. Well, you have fun with your family today and your kids if you get a chance to do. And uh, just, you know, we just always thank you for what you bring to the show, man. Uh, We can't say it enough and regularly. And and when we talk to you again, we want to hear a story about what happened later today. If if there's a good one. Okay, when we hung up with you guys, man, this is what happened to me on Father's Day. Okay, I look forward to it. Well, you guys, happy Father's Day to you guys and all the dads out there. We appreciate uh, the opportunity to be on, and I hope everybody has a great day. All right, thanks. All right, thanks a lot, Adam. Adam Alexander, FS1, joining us. Um, Listen, coming up, I'm going to let you know about what's going on as far as the industry. Got a fresh casting call out there. Coming up top of the hour, we're going to talk to another dad. We got uh, Mark's. Uh, Simon showing up here is going to tell us well, his thoughts on the Braves and also go around Major League Baseball. Adam mentioned something um, talking about his grandfather. Was it 12 great kids? Grand for, great grandfather. <laughs> 12 kids. Well, when he said 12 kids, I like, whoo! It's like, was it Michael Irvin? Actually, he got like 19 or something. Man, man, man 12 kids, man. Anyway, um, it reminded me I only had one set of grandparents. Yeah. Oh, you remember? Yeah, you told me the story about how that worked. I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell that story. Max is looking to be funny too. Yeah. I, I only, he had, he's talking about both of his sets of grandparents. Well, your boy here only had one set of grandparents, and there's, there's no intermingling of the family, nothing like that. It's all legit. I will explain it coming back here. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com, and take us with you on the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg on this Father's Day morning. Bet somebody $100 if they can whistle this all the way through. Think or so. at least through the, I mean, just like that. Yeah. I don't know nobody can whistle no. like that. No. Like, I don't even think it's real. Oh, that's probably real. I think it's a, a computer think. something. No. It's, it's, a, it's early AI. No. That's no. <laughs> <Not> AI. <laughs> I'm blaming everything on AI right Not now. Not back then. Even 1959. <laughs> I'm blaming it on that. Um, Sam and Greg, like I said, we're gonna, I'm going to let you know about some of the stuff coming up as far as the movies and, and, and things like that, but I want to tell this story real quick. I only had one set of grandparents growing up. Did you look at me funny? Max is looking at me funny. Yeah. Um, all right, so for purposes of this story, Max, I'm going to make you a woman. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, really. What? Like, what? Like, what? All right, I'll, you can be the man. I'll be... Anyway, here's the deal. You and I, Sam, are my parents. I will be my mother. You can be my father. Okay. Since you were a little boy, your mother's been gone. Since I was a little girl, my mother, my father's been gone. So I was raised single parent, mother, single parent, father, you. Throughout your life, go through high school, get into college. You and I meet in college. So my parents meet at Hampton. Okay. Still have one parent apiece. Yeah. They get married. My parents did. Got married, had my older brothers and sisters. Okay. While, <laughs> I don't know what year it was, but after my brother and sister were born, at some point my mother had a conversation with my father about, you know, my mother's getting old and I don't like her being by herself. She's, you know, on the side of town, but whatever. She's just by herself and I'm getting kind of worried. And you say to me, you know, I've been feeling the same way about my father. He's not getting out the house that much. He just kind of sits around. You know, he still likes to do some things. And we have this brain, you know what? Hey, you know what? They get along. They kind of like each other. And the next thing you know, they start dating. And then your father marries my mother. Whoa. A few years later, 
we have another child, which is me. Okay. So I only had one set of grandparents growing up. That's how that worked out. You follow that, Max? There you go. <laughs> so it was all up and up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Very above yeah. board. Right. Now, they didn't stay married that long, but the point is I still only had one set of grandparents. How, that's very unique. I think that's the first time I've heard that. That's the first time I've ever heard that either. I mean, I don't know of anybody else that had that happen, but it could happen to a number of people because of how many yeah. people are brought up by a single parent. True. And those parents at, at family gatherings, you know, they meet each other, they know each other over the years. It, listen, you're, you're happy if they all get along. Right, right? yeah, for how sure. How many in-laws, you know, they don't get along, so right. they, they right. got they make along. movies about that. So speaking of movies about it, let's just switch directions here. I asked you guys early in the show we were going to do this casting call on this Father's Day. What Father's Day movies stand out to you? And as you think of a couple, I'm going to drive everybody to the website, 929thegame.com slash casting call. You're going to see the current list. You can also see it up on Get Cast with Greg on Twitter. Um, and it's just a handful because, again, we're still dealing with this strike. Writer strike is still going on. I have no idea when this is going to end. And, and listen, I don't see any sort of light at the end of the tunnel because as Max has told us and everybody knows now that what they're really fighting for is the unknown and what artificial intelligence can do. And the, <laughs> the examples that we've seen so far are just mind-blowing. And when you couple that with things that somebody could be using and taking your written word and putting it into a movie, TV show, any other kind of project, and then... For whatever the reason, and depending on who owns that company that has the AI, they can't track whether it's local, regional, national, or international. So that's a problem. That's a problem. So there are there are layers to what these writers are fighting for and who's going to back them if something falls through the cracks. Right. Having said that, the directors, they have finished their they, – they've come to agreement on a new contract, and they were supposed to go on strike after the writers if they didn't get things done. Well, they they're good to go which is why I believe some of these scripted shows are being shot right now. Now, there are some other projects going. Listen, let me just say this real quick. There's, there's a machine around the corner up the block called Tyler Perry Studios. And that thing, with the exception of maybe Christmas, maybe another couple holidays, he is always working. It's getting ready to go on a double drive. You see what he did this week? He bought BET. Oh, that's right. So that that became final. Hey, he, he, there was a number of people going gonna, for that. He's just going to crank even more stuff out. Well, now. dude, he's shooting. Uh, if there was a studio that you would think would take Juneteenth off, it would be him. Yeah. Nope, I got projects that are shooting. <laughs> Cab Cast. <laughs> if you go to Cab Casting, you see they are. There's a project that he's shooting, and they are filming on Monday. Now, I'm not saying you're going to submit yourself for that particular day, but there's other days following that. When this gets into what I was saying as far as the number of shows that are being done, projects being filmed, go to the list of the casting directors I have on the breakdown and just go to their social media pages. Some are doing some, some videos, music videos in Nashville. There's some work going on in Nashville where there's some music projects and some videos being shot. You know some folks up there. They can make some money there as an extra. Um, but there are a handful of so Destination Casting has got four needs. For a TV project that's going on, everything from good-looking dudes that are drunk in a bar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Looking for handsome guys that want to be drunk in a bar. Park-goers, um, cops. What was the other one they need here? Um, oh, there's a featured role for a store manager. Black uh, male, 45 to 55 years old. Okay. So you want to submit yourself for that. So that's on there. And then, of course, the game shows are still there. 
But uh, I also walk you through, starting with Georgia.org, how to find the jobs behind the camera. So all of that is going on on the casting call. I'll be talking about more of it tomorrow with Cannon on uh, Star 94 and then on V103 with DJ Sturgis. Mm -hmm. So I asked you, though, on this Father's Day, is there a Father's Day movie or a few that you seek out, you want to check out? Uh, I'll let whoever wants to go first go. I have two that come to mind. What you got? First one's Big Daddy. Okay. With Adam Sandler. I remember always watching that. I thought that was hilarious. And this is a really awkward, weird, it's not really a Father's Day movie at all, but it has like one of the most iconic lines, and it technically was his uncle, and that's Spider-Man, because he always goes to Uncle Ben, and Uncle Ben just lays up like this, that wisdom of with great power comes great responsibility, and it's like that yeah. wisdom yeah. in it just always resonated with me, so I don't know why this is one of the first ones that come to mind, so those, those two, Big Daddy for sure. Okay. okay. Sam? Okay. okay. I, it was the one, you know, I was going good. I go, go back to Indiana Jones. And I go back to the one with yeah, Sean Connery yeah. comes on as 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 uh, the dad and and uh, you know his name is Jones Jr. You know mm. Indiana. No, we call the dog Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, Junior. And you never and you never had a problem with the accent. Yeah. That his father had this thick Scottish broke and, and yeah. he got Harrison Ford. Yeah. We right. sort of suspended. Well, that's James Bond. He's supposed to have an accent. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we never, nobody ever had a beef with that. Uh, a couple come to mind. I'm wondering if you guys have your thoughts on that. Uh, Captain Fantastic. We bought a zoo. That was one of the more recent ones. The Judge. But does Taken count? Pardon? Does Taken count? I suppose it would be. <laughs> Don't make me come after you. I can't, say, I can't I mean, do his accent. Yeah, the father went and yeah. tracked her down. Mr. Mom. Michael oh, okay. Keaton. Yep, that was good. That was a good one. Here's one that I'm. I'm uh, I was gonna say. And it just like sneaks up on you. He got game. Okay. Forget about that one, right? Okay. A couple basketball fans in here. He got game, Denzel. Mrs. Doubtfire. You don't remember that movie, do you? I don't. Robin the Williams, Robin Williams. Dro- dressed up as Mrs. Doubtfire, an old oh, wow. British um, well, housekeeper or whatever, to be around his kids. Sally Field wouldn't let him around their kids. So in order to be around his kids, he created this character. Hmm. So, you never saw out. Mrs. Doubtfire? I don't think so, you need no. check it out, man. Yeah, cheaper, man. By, cheaper by the Dozen is another one. Oh, I love Cheaper by the Dozen. Three Men and a Baby. Remember that? Now, do you remember the three guys? The three men? Mmm. Give me two of them all. Oh. <laughs> guys are screaming at the radio right now. <laughs> what, Ted Danson? There you go. That's one. Um, uh, I'll give you a hint. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, Tom Selleck. There you go. That's two. Yep, yep, yep. And forgetting another man's name because he was in all the Police Academy flicks. Very good. Yep. That's good enough for me. Okay, all right. <laughs> Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, speaking of Ted Danson, Dad. Okay. Remember that movie? Him and uh, Jack Lemon. Oh, let's see. Maybe, maybe. Oh, the one with uh, Travolta and uh, Kirsten Alley. Well, look who's talking. Well, look who's talking. Look who's Bruce talking. Willis is the kid. Yeah, Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah. Here's one that you don't think about on the surface, but the one, one of the most famous lines of all, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yes. Not the best, I guess, father figure, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Grown Ups, Grown Up 2, Finding Nemo, uh, Parenthood, Steve Martin. Yep. National Lampoon's Vacation. <laughs> I, I, yeah. As stupid as that oh, thing is, the first yeah. one I can. I, I can I can sit through Zach Efron seventeen again. So anyway, just just some of the uh, and yours is on here. Last Crusade, Indiana Jones. Yeah, like father, like son. You said Daddy's Home, right? What's well, a song? Or the um, what's the movie? Will Ferrell and uh, Mel Gibson. 
I didn't see it, but if you say that's, that's the time. A, yeah, that's a very funny man. Mark Wahlberg's in it. Very funny. A, well, Mark Wahlberg, like, with those, those other two guys, uh, I like Mel Gibson before he went sideways. You know. But I'm sorry. I, and I've said this. The next time Will Ferrell makes me laugh, it'll be the first time. Really? Yeah, he just, I mean, I get it. He's Not even on Saturday Night Live? I don't have a prop. Well, there was a couple things he did there. Yeah. But it wasn't him by him. I'll tell you what. The last time he made me laugh. From Burgundy, nothing. It's okay. I, you know, everybody don't have to make you laugh. It's, yeah, it's subjective, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, so I don't hate the dude. I just, like Adam Sandler, too. He's another one. Since he left Saturday Night Live, uh, there's a couple of those early movies. His Happy Gilmore, he punches Bob Barker and stuff like that. That was okay. But not a lot of his stuff. Um, but what Will Ferrell did when Letterman left was getting ready to leave, and he dressed up as Harry Carey in his audience. <laughs> he came on stage and did Harry Carey. That was funny. But I'm, I'm just not the biggest fan of his, but I know there's people who just love this dude. Um, and I'm going to end with this one. You guys are going to kick yourself. You can bring this one up. Field of Dreams. Uh, That's why he built yeah. it, right? Yeah. 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 Sam and Greg, on this Father's Day, heading into the 9 o'clock hour. Mr. Crenshaw, would We're going to talk like, a whole lot of baseball. Would you, you know, just to tease our first guest that we have coming up? A lot of baseball. As always, on Father's Day and Mother's Day, we always get a, a sports parent of someone from our area. Uh, who's uh, distinguished themselves athletically. And so we have one. We're one of the top draft picks in last year's baseball draft. We're going to talk with the dad that is coming up. you know. And he he's not the only son that he has. He's got okay. some other sons. He's a multiple pop. A, you know, but 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 he's got one is one of the top players picked in the draft. Uh, we're going to talk about that and more. And, of course, Mark Simon's going to join us as well. Going to talk some Braves, talking more. Will you stay with us? Headed to the 9 o'clock hour. On this Father's Day morning, Sam and Greg with you here on Sports Radio 929 The Game and 929TheGame.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.